on the first day of Christmas, my golf game gave to me nine new golf course experiences in 2022. Hello and welcome to the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill. And as you can tell, I'm doing something a little different. For the 12 nights of Christmas this year, I'm going to look back at 2022 and maybe eventually look ahead to 2023 with short uh, monologue versions of my thoughts. There won't be any guests. These, again, won't be full-length episodes and conversations. They'll just be a sort of stream of consciousness with one overarching topic, we hope. If that's not your thing, if you're not into these, uh, you can check out and we will see you back in January when we return to guests and discussions and regularly scheduled programming. First of all, Merry Christmas, everybody. We've made it. Uh, I'm recording Christmas night, which is the first night of Christmas, according to those who celebrate and partake. Uh, so for me, I played nine new-to-me golf courses in 2022. And that is one of those was a brand new golf course, which was really exciting. Um, but nine courses, new to me courses, is probably a low for me uh, for some time. There were several good reasons for it. Of course, I wish uh, that number was quite a bit higher. Um, being coaching my sons in t-ball and baseball, respectively, this summer kept me tied uh, to the baseball fields, especially on the weekends, pretty much from April through August. So a lot of prime time there. Um, that is perfectly fine with me. I don't regret a many of it. Coaching t-ball and coach pitch baseball was a lot of fun. Uh, just being able to interact with the kids, interact with my kids, um, seeing so many little ones. I don't think I ruined the game of baseball for anybody. I lost sleep sometimes this year over that, but I think everybody made it out alive. Um, only my son was seriously injured. Yeah, my four-year-old broke his hand at summer camp, and then dad of the year that I am, I let him play third base for his last game of the spring season right before he cast it up. So, yeah, good times. Um, but the nine courses that I visited, it's a pretty good roster uh, when it comes down to it. I think the first new-to-me course this year was uh, the Macklemore. That's something I, I talked to uh, the GM and the ambassador on a recent episode of Blind Shots Podcast. This is the course that's up in the mountains um, just southeast, the Georgia mountains southeast of Chattanooga. It's very exciting. They just got a, a big write-up in Golf Digest as I'm recording this because um, the second course up there, the uh, – Jones and oh god uh and Bill now I've forgotten his name um the second course that's going into the Macklemore is getting some attention I think it's going to be a, a fun design from what I've heard about it what I've learned about it but the existing course the Highlands course up there um as it's laid out fairly accurately on its website and described by uh their GM you know, it's a couple of different courses within one 18-hole route, and you have some mountaintop uh, holes with just some incredible views, especially the 18th. I mean, that's the signature hole. It's the uh, one of the the best and probably most recognizable closing holes in all of golf. But there are a couple others where you're on the side or the edge of the mountain looking out over something and just have an incredible vista before you. Um, and then there's several more traditional kind of highland where you're playing in and out of valleys 
a really fun golf course, cart golf. No, no way you're walking there. Um, I, I guess it nominally has some real estate development around it, although that really doesn't come into play um, on the golf course. So that was one I do expect to get back to. I think probably all of these, with maybe one exception or something, I will plan to get back to uh, sometime in the future. The second one, uh, the second half of the weekend that I, I did the Macklemore was my infamous uh, race against the polar vortex to play Savannah Harbor. Uh, the exact opposite of Macklemore, a resort course, uh, flat as the day is long, played kind of in the the river bottom uh, before it heads out to sea there in Savannah. So uh, what I'm told by my friends is that's probably the best time to play it because in a 30 to 60 mile an hour wind, the mosquitoes can't get out and can't really feed on you, which is probably the primary defense to the course uh, from some friends that I trust that have talked about it. it's a fun course um, I would it had been on my list for a while I'm glad my friend and I made that drive it's kind of an epic memory within um, at least in my mind but is it something I would go out of my way to play again eh, maybe but at the same time I've been going to Hilton Head for 15 years and this is the first time um, I had been able to sneak away to play it and it was a someplace I woke up in Chattanooga to drive to go play it and then drove back to Chattanooga. So make of that what you will. Um, it hosted a Champions Tour event, so it has a little bit of cachet. We were treated well. And, you know, the closing stretch was pretty fun. There was like some good risk-reward there. The next new-to-me course for uh, 2022 was Sewanee. Uh, this is one Fred and I talked about on one of our most recent Blind Shots podcast episodes. I absolutely fell in love. This is the little nine-hole course up on the campus of Sewanee, the University of the South, in uh, rural Tennessee, just a little bit, I guess, west-northwest of Chattanooga. A beautiful little nine-hole course that had been redone by Gil Hance, I want to say maybe eight, seven, eight years ago. Starts you out with a couple of par fives has some infinity green styling on the two par threes where you're at the cliff's edge of the plateau looking out over the Cumberland Valley uh, with some amazing vistas and some real good risk-reward and use of um, kind of interpretations of some template elements. Just a a beast of a ninth hole that's modeled on the road hole from St. Andrews the 17th. Um, that is one I will definitely be playing again. I've got some travel down to Chattanooga already planned for this year. And no matter what it takes, that's a place that I will be sneaking off to see again. Um, and probably one of the trips, one of the reasons I'm heading down there, is I finally got to Sweetens Cove in 2022. I actually got there twice. I don't know what I expected. I had a great time. It's a really fun golf course. I love the, um, it's a nine hole golf course in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. It's a little closer to Chattanooga, kind of splits the difference between Sewanee and Chattanooga proper. And it is a marketing machine. I mean, it, it is something that just cranks out. They use social media probably as well or better than any golf course out there. It has, probably as much word of mouth support um, and the the number of it's not cult like that's unfair 
but the number of people that have played it a couple of times or played it once, spent a day out there and don't like it and wouldn't go back has got to be one of the smallest percentages of any place in golf. Before, for years, uh, before I got down there, it seemed like everyone that I met that had been there said, hey, you let me know when you're going down there because I want to go down and show you around. Like it was almost to a person. People I knew online, a couple of people I'd met in person, that was the response, that they wanted to go and show me, almost like they had ownership of it. Like they wanted to go show me their club that they were so proud of, which is a really cool attitude that's that's something golf could use more of you know you get golf has a bad reputation as so exclusive and not for the masses and what sweetens cove does is absolutely for the masses um so finding that welcoming element that was really cool um the magic there to me and i want to talk to to fred on a i want to flesh this out with him but the magic there almost is the all-day pass you know, I don't know where else in golf, you know, the early years of the cradle down at Pinehurst, you know, your, your green fee was good for as many times as you wanted to go around. Well, that didn't last because the place got so popular. Sweeten's Cove has managed to retain that. Their, their business model is different. There are no tea times set per se. Uh, there's no starting 9 a.m., 10 a.m. tea time, anything like that. You show up. And you've either got a, a full day, half day, or I don't know, maybe nine or 18 hole pass. Um, so, you know, they, there's something magical about that, knowing that you're going to be there all day. Like you have the whole day blocked off and there's nothing else on your calendar. You just, you can, this is the way I treat it. The, the couple of trips I've been down there and when I go back, how I expect to, to treat it again is you can just golf till you drop. If that's what you want to do, which is, that's how I do golf travel. Um, I'm sure there are places with great compliments, you know, good meals. Um, you know, I know, uh, shooting has become more popular or some places have fishing on site with the golf course resort. I just want to play golf till I fall down and Sweetens Cove gives you the chance to do that. So I think that's some of the lore. Anyway, I, I finally got that one checked off the list. Uh, my next new to me golf course was the new golf course. And this is the one even more so than, than Sweden's probably that I looked forward to the most this year. And that was park mammoth, uh, park mammoth down in, uh, park city in the cave city area of Kentucky adjacent to mammoth cave finally opened. This is the course that used to be cave Valley, um, and was bought by a gentleman named David Chandler, who's a hotelier and real estate developer out of Bowling Green. I think from Oklahoma originally, that's what Brian Ross told me. Uh, this is the one that I met the architects and followed the, the story of the construction. Um, and to see it finally come to life was really, really cool. I, the first, I went down the opening weekend. I wasn't able to get there the first day because I think it was a Thursday. Um, but I went down that weekend and, man, they, they had, I guess, sodded in a lot of the Bermuda and it hadn't, it was still a little disjointed. It was dry. You know, we had a soaking wet spring and then the water just shut off. So I kind of caught it at the right time and everything that opening weekend was just super fast and super firm. It looked better as a finished product uh, than I'd even imagined as at the various stages of construction I'd seen it. So absolutely fell in love with it. That's another one much like Sewanee that if I've got a reason to pass through that area, I'm going to do everything I can to structure my, 
time budget so that I can stop in and get around in at Park Mammoth. It's a beautiful property. I think they've finished the range in the short game area, so that will be available in 2023. No clubhouse yet, but I think they're getting close to finalizing a plan and moving forward with that. So it's something that's going to grow and evolve over time. They wanted to go ahead, obviously, and get it open and get some revenue coming in instead of just spending money. Uh, but it looks like what they've spent so far has been really well done. So I'm happy for all of their success, and that was the – the course probably I think the most about from 2022 the next one on my list is one I had just never gotten around to playing people told me I should said it had the best greens in the, the Louisville area and you've got to go see it they're fast they're it's a fun course and I finally checked it off the list this year and that is chariot run uh, chariot run has an interesting history it was I guess it is still, or is loosely affiliated, it was a casino course when riverboat gambling came to Indiana. And God, I don't know how long that's been, 20 years maybe, 25? Um, it was so antiquated a rule that it, they actually had to be riverboats. You couldn't have land-based permanent casinos. And in the early years, at least, the boats actually had times, they had a set schedule of when they would dock and moor up and then you had to come on, and nobody could gamble until the boat uh, shoved off and was in the river. It was really just, uh, I mean, just bureaucracy at its best. But anyway, when, I don't remember now if it was Caesars that came first, or whoever, I mean, that would make sense, the chariot run name going with Caesars, you know, Roman warriors and all that stuff. Um, anyway, chariot run was built as in a, I believe, as an accompaniment to, as a an add-on uh to the casino now it wasn't exactly close it was a, a good i don't know 15 20 minutes it seemed like the way um, down around a different river bend but it's built on this super flat you know indiana cornfield this is on the indiana side of the louisville area for those that don't know um, and it having played it man it was as stereotypically late 90s early 2000s as golf got i mean yes what people told me about the the greens were fabulous. They were big and kind of with big, slow movements um, and, and immaculate or impeccable shape. I mean, they're, for being in the middle of sweltering Indiana cornfields, the greens were really rolling well. But it was just so, so 90s. I mean, the containment mounding, um, you know, just the kind of the a long a short and a couple of medium par threes kind of the same on the par fives um, some forced carries uh, harder is better type thing i'm sure when the wind is up that place can be really really difficult because there's again you're just in the river bottoms surrounded by cornfields and a few trees but it doesn't have the land movement it's something like you know french lake up the road you know 45 minutes so um, and that's one I was glad to check it off the list to say I've played it, but, you know, short of a, a really moving charity scramble or some kind of fun event, eh, I don't, I'd rather, if I'm going to drive that far, I'm going to go ahead and drive the extra 20 minutes to French Lick or however long it is, just because even the Ross course, I think is a better value. Um, funny story though, we, um, I don't know if it was just the, the leftovers of COVID or, they had staffing issues and didn't want to pay, but I mean, they, they locked that place up, turned out the lights and 
were ready to close the gate behind us. And we had like a, a two o'clock tea time in May, June. I mean, um, we went in, we played 18 holes. So we played a 36 hole day, like first out at French lick up at the Ross course, grabbed some lunch on the way to chariot run and then teed off. We actually snuck out a little early, uh, just two of us. So we made pretty good time. Couldn't have been a three hour round. I don't think. And by the time we're done, so it's, you know, five o'clock, five thirty. the barn, the restaurant is closed. The bar is closed. The pro shop is closed. I mean, it's lucky the bathroom doors weren't locked. Uh, to be able to just change into some dry clothes to get home. So I thought that was funny. That was, nobody was unfriendly, but I thought that was an interesting business decision. Uh, You know, totally off course. But anyway, that was our chair run experience. Uh, Two other new courses to me this year were on our big golf trip. Our, uh, I guess this year it was a eight-man golf trip to Nashville. We played uh, two days of all the golf we could at the Hermitage which is the President's Reserve and the General Retreat course. Um, the President's Reserve was the was the course, and I think Matt and Fred and I touched on this. I don't know why they did it, because I don't think it adds that much aesthetically. But this was the course. It kind of bobbed and weaved over by, what is it, I guess the Tennessee River, the, or the whatever river goes through Nashville. Um, so you had some good holes kind of up against the river and there are some other ponds and water features to carry. And this is the one with sheep all over the course, especially uh, while we were there, it was especially on the back nine, kind of these Scottish sheep that were suffocating under the swelter of the Tennessee August heat. So they were just moving from shade to shade. It seemed like while we were there, but it was a course that was bordered by not only trees and water, but instead of big undergrowth, there was like big blue larope and monkey grass and stuff bordering the course like that. Instead of heather or something that looked more Scottish or like it belonged on a golf course or anything even remotely natural, you had these thick clumps of grass that just ate golf balls. Like, yeah, the, the architecture was fun. Um, there were a lot of – for – a course that didn't rate that hard, there turned out to be quite a few forced carries. I mean, it was a place you could just lose golf balls left and right if you weren't hitting it straight. Um, literally left and right, not just figuratively. So it, w- it was hard. I played well. That was probably the peak of my playing season was that trip. So I had enough fun. I mean, the greens rolled great and, and all that stuff. But I just thought it was an odd choice that with the novelty of the sheep, you had also this kind of beautification project that just seemed like it'd gone haywire right because again you couldn't couldn't pitch out if you hit a ball squarely sideways that was it go ahead and you know add two and drop what was funny was the other course there the general's retreat and like i understand that a retreat is a place to get away but i can't get over the name of that if andrew jackson knew that he there was a golf course on his property deemed a retreat i think he'd probably just slap whoever came up with that name but that aside, the general's retreat course struck me as a really nice, I think it was the original course there, struck me as the origin, as like a really nice muni. It was just typical Parkland layout, um, you know, boxed in by the river on one side and, and a border, a neighboring property on the other. And otherwise just kind of meandered down and back and down and back. You had some pretty interesting holes, uh, a lot of uh, elevated greens, 
not over bunkered, not over watered. You could kind of spray it around and really kind of cut loose. There were a couple challenging holes. The big memory for me, and this is why I get the endorsement, is on the first day I was able to drive the 18th green, like from the, I think we're playing the blue tees, and I had a favorable wind, and it's one. I didn't carry it. It was, I don't know, 280 yards. I'd have to look at the scorecard. But there was a lane, and so I landed it short. It kind of snaked in between a couple of bunkers and ran up. Um, Thank God the green was severely tilted almost like amphitheater in the back down to the front because my ball was cooking and ended up just on the back fringe a few inches off. So I was able to two-putt for birdie from there, which really made my day. Um, somebody made a lot of money because the, the clowns ahead of me, the the four, the front half of our group that was in front of us had a lot of bets on how many putts it would take me to get in from there. But that was a fun course. I think I think all my guys would agree the they appreciated the niceness of the – president's reserve but really they had more fun on the general's retreat because you could just kind of slap it around and and get around and you could play from other fairways and and have fun doing that so definitely two thumbs up had a great experience there but that's a case where I definitely think less was more and then finally uh, the last new to me golf course was an add-on was something I didn't I totally didn't have on my radar when the year started and that was Midland Trail over in Louisville Uh, geographically it's a I don't know, a couple of par fives from Valhalla. It's in the East Louisville, Middletown area, but it really couldn't be farther from that kind of big corporate Valhalla experience. This is down kind of in a, I don't know, kind of a stagnant area adjacent to Floyd's Fork, which is a, a, I don't know, a small river, large stream, if you will, in East Louisville. So it's something where they kind of have to fight the conditions a little bit because you don't get a whole lot of air moving through that valley naturally. Um, but what a fun little course. We went out there for a charity scramble, and it just so happens that the uh, the guy who asked me to play, my best friend's dad, had just turned old enough that he got to move to the way-up tees, and, and Dr. Woke still moves the ball out there. I mean, he's with his driver, he's still hitting it 230, 240, and relatively straight. So when he's playing from the gold tees, which – Sometimes I guess was the wasn't the very front, but was kind of the senior tee. So yeah, we had we had a lot of wedges in, and we did not hit them great, but it didn't matter. We had you know a lot of fun. I think I made my first putt on the 18th hole that day. Um, but a really cool, really quirky, um, a, a first tee shot that kind of mirrors the number one at oh what is it at uh, the. Um, at Capitol Hill at the Judge Course down there in Alabama where you have got this, you're way up on top of the hill and you've got to hit down to a fairway way, you know, a couple hundred feet below you. Um, kind of quirk like that. That happens on the, I guess really on one in 10 there. And you kind of meander around this valley and it's a place you, if you, if you had to, you could kind of slap it around. We played it in that particularly dry part of the year where they were just having to flood the greens to, to keep them alive here in Kentucky. We had an awful, awful drought at the end of the summer and the fall. So um, you need a sledgehammer to kind of get the ball to the green. But, you know, it's got a, a membership that is pretty low-key, low-stress. Um, I've got – I know a couple of friends that belong there. And they, that it's a great place because people just come as you are and kind of accept it for what it is. Go and enjoy your golf game. The camaraderie is the, the big thing. 
which is there's something to be said for that. Golf needs plenty of those places. So that was it. That was my nine courses for uh, 2022. You know, I will probably be married to the baseball fields again this year. I don't know if I will, um, if I'll even get to nine. You know, we are taking a, our big golf trip will be at least six new courses. So that may be more than half of all of them. Now, I'm lucky. I play golf in central Kentucky where we've got pretty good public access golf, starting with Kearney Hill and Picadome here from the city courses um, and a whole bunch in the surrounding counties I like. But I hope that you got out and got to see some new golf courses this year. Um, it's something that's always a treat for me. I always wish I played better. This is the first year, I think, that golf trip. Probably the first time that I've ever scored well the first time I go around a golf course. That was a good feeling. You know, the the worst imposter syndrome in golf to me is showing up to a new course, especially if it's some kind of bucket list course or some big name course that somebody's asked you to, and your handicap just doesn't travel that day. It's like there's there's no worse feeling than showing up saying, Yeah, I play to a I'm a six, but never mind I'm playing to a sixteen today. You know, that's just an, an awful, awful feeling. So um, now that I, my golf game seems to travel a little bit better, it's a little more fun. Although, uh, a couple of these or several of these ate my lunch pretty good, which is not surprising because I'm me. Anyway, uh, that will conclude it for our first night of Christmas. It's cold as hell here in central Kentucky on the heel of this polar vortex. So I've got to get up early. We're driving the family to someplace warmer. I don't know if it'll be warm, but it'll be warmer than it is here. So I'll talk to you tomorrow and enjoy the rest of your first night of Christmas. Goodbye, everybody. If you're going to Sweeten's Cove, you have to bring your own food, so bring your own Chick-fil-A. There's nothing good close. It's just fast food. Yeah, you can order a pizza at the golf course, but it's going to be shitty. Instead, plan ahead, order Chick-fil-A on the app, pick it up in Chattanooga and take it with you, leave it in a warm spot in your car, and you can have that tasty Jesus chicken all day long. It's the best thing you can eat out there. Do it. Thank me later. Thank you.